right, everybody. Welcome, welcome to the Real Talk Sports Show. I'm your host, Minister Jonathan Simmons, and we're broadcasting to you, as we always do, live from the Holiday Inn in Stockbridge. We want to thank everybody who has uh, tuned in to the broadcast tonight, and we thank God for each and every person that uh, uh, logs in with us. Uh, to my left, we have a guy, we call him the Devious Deacon, but no, he really is a nice guy. Miles Tyson's in the building. I'm doing great, sir. Well, let's make sure we got you mic'd in here all the way. All right. It looks like we uh, – hold on one second. I think we – let's see if we can get you. How about now? No? I guess we have a uh, miking situation here with Mr. Miles. I'm not sure what the uh, the problem is, but we don't have Miles on the air. I will try him again one more time. Miles, go ahead. No, we still don't have Miles on the air. Okay, we're not sure. Try it one more time, Miles. All right. Well, we got some technical difficulties here. We'll try it one more time. I think this might do it. Go ahead, Miles. There we go. That's that's what did it right there. All right, everybody, again, uh, we appreciate you uh, logging in to join us here. We're on right here at the Holiday Inn in Stockbridge, and we're going to be talking a little, little bit of everything, a little NCAA, a little uh, NFL moves. Uh, our hometown Falcons have got a couple of things going on. I'm not sure exactly what they're doing, but they got some, they got some things going on with people coming and going, and uh, hopefully we'll be able to uh, get to some experts to talk about that later on in the broadcast. We also expect to have a caller, Mr. Nelson Moody, going to join us about the 7.30 uh, p.m. hour. That's going to be our community outreach segment. He's going to talk to us about what he's got going on uh, in his world because, you know, we always like to try to bring you some good news in terms of what's going on out there. Miles, how was your weekend, bro? You like that burger? Very tasty, huh? Now, the interesting about that, and, you know, we, we talk about that all the time, that their burger is what they call a three-grind burger. So basically they use a like a, a, a porterhouse, a, a lean ground beef, and an actual brisket. And I think the brisket, that's that's what does it. Yeah, the brisket gives you that little extra kick out there. So, uh, again, guys, if you want to be a part of it, you can come on down and join us at the uh, Holiday Inn in Stockbridge. Great stuff going on here, uh, great food, great people, great environment, really nice place to come out and, and just kind of chill and relax. And we want to shout out to everybody that's joined us on uh, Facebook Live and on Periscope as well. Matter of fact, why don't we take a peek and see who has joined us here on Facebook Live. I saw a name pop up. Of course, from this distance, I can't read it. Looks like uh, Obias has joined us. I'm not sure if he's still on, but uh, we want to thank him for tuning in. Again, guys, we're going to ask you to please share the broadcast if you can. Uh, share it on your page so people can see what is happening here. And uh, we also want to give a big shout-out uh, to one of our newest sponsors, Raouf Tax Services. Uh, get your tax help now for personal or for small business. Give them a call, Raouf Tax Services, that's R-A-O-O-F, and the telephone number to reach them is 678-561-0774. Raouf Tax Services, designed to help you with your personal or small business tax needs. Uh, we thank God for them for, uh, you know, for, you know, joining us and being a part of the broadcast. Um, like I said, there's been a lot going on out there in the world of sports. It's been uh, really right now March Madness is in full throttle. And there's a lot of, lot of games going on. We want to go ahead and uh, make the announcement for those people who are in the area. Uh, the Bulldogs advance. You know, they knock off Missouri. I think the final score is 63 to 60, and they now advance, and their next opponent will be the Kentucky Wildcats. 
So uh, Georgia, a lot of, most people think uh, that Georgia really needs to probably win the tournament to get in. Uh, I think they're 19 and 13 going into this game. Yes. Yeah, I think the biggest problem that you're going to have is, is that now you're going to have a lot of teams, unfortunately, because of losses, unexpected losses, are going to be on the bubble. Uh, one of the things that you're seeing right now is one team that, um, I don't know, man, it, it, it's amazing what happens. Pressure is a funny thing. Pressure is a funny thing. And I got to tell you, uh, the young man from Oklahoma uh, is really seeming to have a problem here on this pressure. Matter of fact, since January, you think about it, they were ranked in the top five, I believe, in the country, and now they have slid all the way down to they're not even ranked. And they're in danger, actually, after that, that shocking loss to their arch rival, Oklahoma State, of not even getting in to the tournament. So uh, it's going to be it's, it's going to be interesting, man. Cause like I said, nobody expected them to be there. So now that's another team you have to worry about on the bubble. That has a, I mean, they have a pretty good resume. They've got a decent uh, in-conference record and definitely a good record outside the conference against top caliber teams. But they have been in an absolute free fall since January. West Virginia and then and Texas followed and just biggest thing they were very physical i think that's the thing that was um that shocked them the most um uh very very physical in how they went about their business and the other thing too is the biggest problem that right now uh, that they're having with oklahoma is that the other guys are really not shooting the same way they were in the first beginning of the season and and, and i gotta ask you something man i mean this is the thing that kind of gets to me and i was i'll bring this up with ken when he comes but, but i'm saying you got a guy who's a freshman I understand he's lighting it up. I understand that, you know, he's been doing extremely well. But to me, why do you have the freshmen answering all these questions about the team play and where they are and how people are defending him? They should pull him aside and say, young man, don't even get into that. Just say, listen, right now we're playing very, very uh, top-quality teams, and we're going to do everything, everything we can to try to beat these teams. But, I mean, really right now to listen to him, he sounds like he's cracking under pressure, to be honest with you. Yeah, and, and I put that on the coach. Firing up the field. I seen last uh, the other day, last night, where they was coming back with them. They was down by six. They got a steal. Coming back with the fourth one. They had a three on one chance break. He goes down there and throws an alley. And he should just put in and stop the top. He made the shot on his own. He started And I just think that's probably that he's so fresh. And the state of the number of the bank. 
And I mean, they just, just riding him too much. He, you know, he's playing well. He wasn't ready. Well, again, at the, end of, at the end of the day, my biggest concern really is, is the press conferences because you got this young man handling these questions, and he clearly looks rattled. I mean, if you watch him in a press conference, he's rattled, and he's saying all the wrong things. He's, I remember he came out and said, well, teams are defending me differently, and he said, I get defensed harder than any other player in the country. Whether that be true or not, you really can't say that, okay? That's something where, and again, that's a maturity ask. To me, the coach should coach him up in terms of handling the press conference. He should say, son, listen, don't give any kind of questions about the defense. Don't do anything like that. Let me handle those questions. You just basically keep it simple and, um, you know, just say, listen, we're, we're playing a tough part of our schedule. Every team is tough. Every team is, is playing well, and we look to do better as time goes on. But when you start – when I start hearing press conference after press conference, how hard it is and, and teams are defending me a different way and everybody you know, throwing everything at me but a kitchen sink, I'm like, well, hey, that, that's what they do against every, every uh, uh, potential player of the year. What you think they're going to do? They're going to do one, one-on-one, just let you go? They're not going to do that. They're going to clamp down and do what they need to do. But, again, I think it's a situation where they just are a uh, – uh, they need to go ahead and um, and just, again, do do what they need to do as far as, um, you know, bringing in. We're going to take a quick break here on Block Talk Radio. We'll be back in just a moment with more on the Real Talk Sports Show. All right, we are back here on the Real Talk Sports Show. Uh, you got a sneak peek behind the scenes, those people on uh, Facebook and Periscope. Uh, that was D. Orlando Ledbetter. We were just uh, finishing up and making sure that he has the right number. But he will be joining us at the 745 hour to talk about the Atlanta Falcons and kind of where they are situated right now, some of the moves they've been making. And, again, that's going to be in the 745 hour as we talk Falcons. 730, we're going to have uh, Mr. Nelson. I always get the Nelson Moody is going to be joining us as part of our community outreach segment he's going to be telling people what he is doing here on the ground floor so again if you want to join us and be a part of those conversations 347-326-9991 again you're listening to the real talk sports shows we broadcast to you uh, live here uh, just outside of atlanta georgia in the city of stockbridge georgia at the burger theory sports grill you see I, you know what i was hoping see what you guys didn't realize is that Miles was actually trying to consume his burger, you know, before, while he was on the air. And I was trying to get him to bring it on so you guys on Facebook Live could actually see the caliber of burger that he had. And I might order one uh, sometime before the next break so you guys can actually see and uh, and take a peek at that. We're going to give a shout-out again to some of the folks on Facebook who have been so kind to share the broadcast. Ken Wardle Moore, thank you, and God bless you, brother. He's a guy doing some great stuff here in Atlanta. Uh, there's a lot of stuff feeds the uh, the homeless downtown. Uh, there's a lot of things with men trying to get men together and take action in the community. Want, want, yep, want to give a shout-out to uh, Shimon Beasley up in Detroit. He's going to be helping us, giving us some uh, sports coverage from out of Detroit. So during the football season uh, with the Lions and some of the things going on in the NFC Central, he's going to be helping us with that. 
down the road through his sports outlet. So, again, we appreciate each and every one of you who have been a part of this with us. Well, Miles, like I said, again, it's wide open here. Georgia did, in fact, uh, win their game. They're going to play Kentucky. Now, here's the thing. You, you got a situation, again, where you have another local coach on the hot seat. <laughs> Mark Fox, uh, what does he need to do in order to retain his job? Does he have to win out, or, or if he can beat Kentucky, will that be enough to have him keep his job one more year? What do you think? Lord have mercy. Let me tell you something. You know what? Can I tell you something, Miles? You know I love you, but I think that we did. I need to just get you a shirt. I'm gonna get it printed, and the shirt is going to say uh, "FR, FR, Front Runner, Front Runner." Because it seems to me every team goes, "Well, I'm, I'm a Duke fan." Okay, that, it has nothing to do with the fact that Duke has been a legendary program. Well, no, I just like Duke. Okay, Cavaliers, he likes them. Why? Because LeBron James is on that team. So I'm just saying, bro. I'm just saying. The only, the only time you get by is with you. You don't. You're not a Patriot fan. That's the only thing. If you done them, I would. I might have to put you off, bro. I might have to just kind of tell you, no, that's it. I'm through. Okay, go ahead. Yeah. You talking about the East, SEC East? Okay. Wow. Auburn Tigers. Okay. Well, we, I mean, we don't want to, we don't want bad mouth and we want to give them their props where they do. They did handle their business. So we want to give them credit for that. Okay. Shout out. And, and really, obviously, they're going to be a tournament team because anytime, obviously, you win the SEC uh, regular season, you are uh, absolutely going to be in the tournament. But like I said, Georgia has knocked off Missouri uh, 63 to 60. And uh, everybody is pointing at the fact that they may, in fact, have to win out in order for Mark Fox to, you know, keep his job. Now, here's the thing that's kind of weird for me. One of, the, one, of the, one of the people that these guys have a tendency to talk about, uh, I've heard this on some of the other sports stations, especially on, uh, you know, one of the main stations. Yeah, they're talking about they should look at Rick Patino. Come on, bro. Come on, man. Come on, Rick Pitino. I mean, listen, I understand the guy can coach, but see, this to me is one of the problems we have right now is that it's all about winning at all costs. We don't care if you – don't be wrong. I get it. I've done some things uh, that, you know, have not been the Lord forgiving me and uh, keeping me. I, I wouldn't be here right now, so I get it. But I'm saying this guy, it seems like he constantly getting into some the mischief. I mean, he had some sexual misconduct with one of his coach's wives in a public location. Okay, in a public location, um, you know, now you have a sex scandal again where allegedly, without his knowledge, guys were sneaking prostitutes in, okay, to uh, to keep the players kind of in line. I mean, come on, man. Uh, oh, no, right, right. I mean, but. What is the, well, there's no question. The guy has won everywhere he's been at. I mean, so you can't take that on the field uh, uh, or on the court away from him. But it's just, I'm saying, and you know, the interesting thing about Rick Pitino is, is that you know, I tell people because I'm older than you and Ken, I actually was uh, going to college at the time where these two young coaches were, were kind of making their mark. And uh, one of them was at the school I went to, and the other one was our, our, our arch rival. 
and those two coaches were, uh, were Jim Calhoun, was our head coach at Northeastern, and a young guy who actually got stopped one time, wouldn't let in the game without an ID, Rick Patino, because he was one of the youngest coaches in NCAA history. At the time, he was coaching BU. I think he was only about 27 years old. And they used to stop him because he looked like a student. And she can't go, he wasn't that tall. He can't go in there. So, I mean, listen, he's got a great resume. He took Boston University from being basically an unknown school, got them into the NCAA tournament. I think every year he was there. So we don't want to take away from what he's done on the court. But, I mean, the guy's just been been involved in too much scandal. So, I, I, I mean, at least, that's what I'm saying. It, it, well, anyway, again, let's take a look at the final score. I want to correction. It was actually Georgia 62, uh, 62-60. They really were up uh, – they were ahead quite comfortably in the second half, and Missouri kind of, you know, made a late run to keep it keep it close. But, uh, again, the Bulldogs win and advance. Uh, they um, – Well, Mr. Madden, I mean, the guy, SEC player of the year, so, I mean, he's uh, – I mean, he's – again, who got it? I'm a, all those awards. So I'm just going to take a look here because I just want to make sure you give me. I'm doing some fact checking here. Yeah, I, 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 I uh, okay, so everything's busted now. So all right, was. I just. on the hot seat for a minute because, I mean, basically you've had no traction. Let me just go ahead and, and clarify. Miles was actually right. Uh, Grant Williams of Tennessee did, in fact, win uh, player of the year. Uh, uh, Matten was in the running uh, for player of the year, but he did not win it. Williams was the winner. Matten was, in fact, on the first team, all-SEC team. And what Georgia won, Juwan Parker won SEC Scholar Athlete of the Year. So we just want to make sure we got everything uh, correct when we come on the air. Uh, so again, we're looking again. We're looking to take a look at Georgia. Uh, they're going to need to uh, get some work done. I guess what it is, and you hear all the guys talk about it. And I'm sure that at times it probably brings some angst to a guy like Dominique Wilkins, who you know was there and was part of making Georgia basketball and putting it on the map. You know, and then later, of course, his brother played in Burn Fleming. You had some great guys that played during the '80s uh, and '90s, and of course, a couple of years ago, a, a Georgia team that really was under 500 had that, you know, magical run where they actually ran the table, won the SEC tournament, the Thunderstorm, right? That, actually, no, 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 no. This was, uh, this was uh, Felton. Uh, Felton was the name of the coach then. And, 
Western Kentucky, that's right, your school, that's right, Western Kentucky and uh, Georgia was uh, under 500, ran the table, and actually it was more than a thunderstorm. That was actually a, a, a rare tornado that struck downtown Atlanta. Because normal tornadoes never hit the, uh, the, the urban areas like that and actually went through, knocked out, I think, about 150 or 200 windows in the Omni, also knocked out a ton of windows in the West End. And here's how good God is. No one got killed. And it was probably about two inches of glass, shredded glass, just all over the place, all over the ground. I remember the reporter walking through and was just saying that had it not been raining so hard, people would have been outside, you know, especially Georgia fans, celebrating when that happened, man. And a lot of lives have been lost. So we, again, just thank God for his grace and mercy. But, yeah, at the end of the day, uh, it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see what happens if in Georgia, if in fact Georgia does beat Kentucky, uh, because that they would give them a, a fairly compelling reason to want to get in. That would give them 20 wins for the season, I believe, and uh, you'd have and that would put them into the the semifinals of the tournament. So, oh yeah, yeah, that's a yeah they'll they'll, they'll get that. I mean, you know, be, be, because. You, you know they have a, they play in a tougher conference, the SEC. Um, they are going to again if they beat Kentucky. I think they'll put them at 20 wins. I'm just going to go ahead and confirm uh, those win totals so we can be accurate here. Uh, their record going in, yeah. If they beat Kentucky, that would give them win number 20. So I would think then if they did that, regardless, they would be going somewhere. Now it might it might be the NIT instead of the NCAA's, but you know once you win 20 wins, man, you they they send you somewhere. Uh, we saw we saw last year with Georgia Tech. You know, we saw Georgia Tech go in, uh, made a made a decent run into the ACC tournament, and then they got hot in NIT and ran all the way to the finals. So anything could happen, man, once you get in the postseason play. It's just going to be wide open. Well, guys, if you want to call in and comment, uh, phone lines are open now. Uh, phone lines are 347-326-9991. You're listening to the Real Talk Sports Show here. Uh, Minister Jonathan Simmons on the mic along with Miles Tyson. And uh, we're going to be having our community outreach section, section well, segment with Nelson Moore coming up in just a few more minutes. And then later at 745 hour, we'll be talking Falcons, some of the moves they're making and some of the moves they didn't make because some interesting things are going on here. Well, let's give you some of the comments that we got right now on Facebook Live. We got a shout-out here from uh, Andre Barber. He's saying go card. So he's looking for Louisville to make some make a move. That's your brother-in-law. All right, so he you – know, Yep, and he says uh, people's always been after Rick. Yeah, they're after Rick because the guy is kind of slim shady. That's why they're after the guy, I mean, you know. But, but and Shimon Beasley says the same thing. As long as winning is first priority, Rick Patino will get another job, no question. And he says a good coach will always be hated. This is what your brother-in-law says. What about all the other coaches that have get a slap on the wrist? Well, well here's the thing. Not too many other coaches uh, conducted themselves the way Rick Patino has I'm just saying, I mean, uh, you know, this is this is right. When you start talking about some, uh, uh, you know, some of these, some of these uh, things that have gone on, you know, it's a little some shade. But here's the thing: people, people do love a winner, and that's why guys like Patino and uh, Louis Louisville grabbed another guy, a little scandalous. Uh, the football coach, they pulled him on in there too. So, uh, you know, at the end of the day. Um, all costs, all costs. They don't care. I, I don't know why. I don't know why I get a, a, a brain lock about uh, a certain coach. Who's the head football coach over at Louisville? He was Bobby Petrino. That's it. That's it. Man, and, and they, even the name sound the same. Patino, Petrino. Yeah. 
But instead of doing what that's the only time they can Yep. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, Charlie Strong. I mean, that guy was, uh, he really had put that team uh, well together. Well, I'm going to give you a breakdown here of what uh, they have here as scandals for Rick Pitino. Number one, the Karen Cipher sex and extortion scandal. Now, um, uh, she's, she's, Pitino basically said that uh, he was a target of an extortion because, in fact, that they had uh, some type of, uh, as I told you, in a public place, they had uh, uh, some sexual activity in a restaurant in Louisville. Now, Patino said the sex was consensual, and the lady actually was sentenced to prison in 2011, and she recently got out earlier this year. So, again, you kind of don't know, you know, he said, she said. In 2015, uh, a former escort published a book called Breaking Cardinal Rules, and she said that uh, there were parties that she helped put together involving dancers, and potential Louisville recruits, and they were paid for by graduate assistant Andre McGee. Patino said, I don't know if any of this is true or not. This is what he said at the time. There's only one person who knows the truth, and McGee needs to come out with it. And it said at that time, of course, Louisville punished itself and, you know, uh, you know, had to vacate games and so forth. And now the biggest one, the FBI, is now indicating that a coach um, uh, got paid, uh, paid $100,000 to a recruit's family Okay, and uh, they're saying, uh, he's saying all this stuff is not true. So I don't know. All I know is, man, this whole sneaker thing, all this stuff going on, I think it really gets back to, um, you know, I think you just get back to, uh, you know, um, you know, people just understanding that um, that uh, that's it. Well, I'm going to try to get this call. Stockbridge. And so uh, we are here now, and I think that we have our caller, for our community outreach segment. Uh, Mr. Nelson Moody is doing some great things here in the community, and uh, we're going to bring him on uh, with us right now. Nelson, are you Hello? there, sir? Yes, sir. How Hello, are you there? Yes, doing sir. great, Travis. Yourself. I'm How wonderful. Fine? Wonderful. Good, good. Well, tell people a little bit about uh, what you have going on in the community right now. <clears throat> well, right now, I. Um, um, I'm author of four books about fatherhood, and I do a, a YouTube talk show where I interview fathers. I interview mothers about fathers. I also uh, cut my son's hair on YouTube as a single dad, and I do my girl's hair in four different styles. But most importantly, out of all that, is I teach the legal system because a lot of fathers think that they're no longer with the child's mother. They have no rights to see or visit their child. And then a child won't suffer from from, from that. All right, so, so basically what you're trying to do is really show guys in real time the importance of uh, fathers staying involved in their children's life, even, in fact, if they are kind of away from the mom. Well, I can tell you right now, this guy sitting next to me doesn't have to worry about that. He's a, a happily married man and a father of how many kids, Miles? Three? Okay, but uh, and you see yourself what the impact that makes because you know it's always a saying that the, that that the girls are daddy's girls. So, yeah. And so, how important is it for you to be, you know, really part of a stable family environment? <laughs> but you love it though, don't you? <laughs> oh yeah. 
things that you say out or go on paper. So it's a really a, a village to be helped. Uh, even the kids, like, get them, do the rock Moody, I'm going to do that too. Single father, but I don't uh, we might have lost him here. Let's see if we got him here. Nope, he seems to be on. Mr. Moody, can you hear us, sir? Yes, I'm still on. Okay, we were asking you a question. Can you can you hear us all right through the mic? I can hear you. I can't hear Mr. Miles. All right, hold on a second. Let's see if we can dial him up a little bit more. Can you hear him now, sir? Go ahead, Miles. Nope, I guess he's having a problem with that. Okay, let's see. I, okay, I know what it is. Okay, can you hear Miles now? Mr. Moody. I can hear him now. How you doing, Mr. Nelson? There I you go. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You, you're, a father, you're a single father with three kids, right? Also? Yes. Yes, sir. So we're we in the same boat. But I, I just like I said, I got well, – it's a little different. I got a wife to back me up. But like I said, it takes uh, uh, for you to do that on your own. But I can imagine how – the, how much you know time and 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 pressure that you that you may feel sometimes, but at the same time I I applaud you for that because I don't know if I could do it without my wife. I really don't know if I could. I I would try, but <laughs> I don't know. Especially with three girls, I don't I don't know what I I'll do, but I can uh, I can I salute you on that, sir. And just I, I'm just blessed and 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 privileged to have a. Uh, uh, full household uh, and we're together and uh, like I said I salute you sir for what you, you're doing and what inspired you really to write this book though what was your inspiration hello what inspired me yes what was your inspiration on this book uh, what inspired me to write my books is um, I had Represented myself to the Supreme Court for custody of my oldest son, who is now 33 years old. Um, while I was going through my court procedures back in 1996, I was taking notes along the way. Started saying to myself that somebody somewhere is going to hear how I was treated in the court system. So I started just collecting stuff I'd written on paper. I, I uh, wrote on napkins. I still have those napkins in that paper to this very day. So I was able to write my first book. And then I would have thought that the case would end, but the case didn't end. So I started writing my second book. And it it it, it ended with me going to 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 the Supreme Court. It lasted five years. And after that is when I wrote the movie to the uh, books. So all that got me inspired writing. But then it even goes back to 1971. I was a father of this child. And I said that I've always wanted to be part of my child's life, that I wouldn't do the same thing that my father did did with me as far as not being in my life. Um, but come to find out that um, I had looked for my dad for like 15 years off and on. I joined the military and I traveled the world only to find out that um, I had ran out of options. And then I 
went to the phone book and I called everybody's name that had my dad's last name in it. I made contact with the aunt on a Thursday who agreed to meet with me the following Tuesday. Thursday, Friday, Saturday. My father died Sunday. Wow. Monday, Tuesday, mm-hmm. When I met her, he was talking and she said, well, you just missed your dad. I said, well, where you go to the store or something like that? He said, your father just died two days ago. I was like, wow. That Wednesday I saw him for the, it is, that, that Wednesday I saw him, I saw him, I saw him for the very first time. Um, which was already laid out. And I tell people, I say, careful what you pray for because you just may get it. And my prayer to God was that I see my father before he leaves this earth and before I turn 30. Three weeks from that, I had turned 30 years old. And out of my dad, I, I found out that I had three sisters and another brother. And, and what I realized after a while is that my dad was married to my older sister's mother, separated living with my younger sister's mother, crept and made me. I was a hush-hush baby. I say that to say this, that at the age of 10, I knew that I didn't want to put my children through any of what I went through as a fatherless child. So I started writing. Well, I meant the um, court case it, it, it itself. And then I wrote a third book called Men and Loving Caring Parents, which is a book that's just a bond between a father and his children from the womb to 18 years old. And then I wrote a book called A Father Self-Representation. And this book, this book, um, assist a father on how to represent himself in court from Baltimore City where I was from or actually any city up to the Supreme Court and in that book the legal terms in the first chapter and then in the second chapter I break it down to where a twelve year old child can understand it. But it, it shows how the paperwork could look at city level, at state level and then and then Supreme Court level. And I represented myself like the Supreme Court. I went before seven judges, and none of them could stop me. Um, well, I tell you, man, that's a so, that's a powerful story. I mean, that's a, that's really a very very powerful story. Now, how can people, if they want to get the book, and also how people can follow you? So first, how can people get the book? Is a CD baby Amazon give people information? They can get my books at. Amazon, they can order from Barnes and Nobles, they can order at Arthur House, uh, Books a Million have them, they also on ebook. Um, and give, give us the title one more time, and then also give us information if you have a website or social media where people can uh, follow you. Okay, um, the books, one book is called When a Judge Can't Judge. My Nightmare of the Court System, Baltimore, Maryland. The second book is called When a Judge Can't Judge, Part 2 to Conclusion. The third book is called Men Are Loving, Caring Parents 2. And the fourth book is called A Father's Self-Representation, Eliminating the Middleman, the Attorney. I'm on Facebook at Nelson L. Moody Sr. I'm also on Instagram at Nelson L. Moody Sr. 
I'm on Twitter at INT Fathers with an F. Well, I'll tell you, man, it's a very, very powerful story. And what we want to do is hopefully link you with um, uh, with a group here in Atlanta area called the Fatherless Generation. So hopefully and prayerfully uh, you guys can get together because uh, basically they do something similar on a um, on an actual organizational scale where they try to get uh, children linked up with their fathers. Fathers have been separated uh, behind what you're talking about, relationship issues, things like that. So uh, uh-huh. I'm going to put you in contact, and I'll send you some information about them. Mr. Mr. Moody, man, we thank you so much for joining us. I just want to say, man, God bless you, Godspeed, okay. and uh, hope you'll be able to join us again one day in person. Yes, sir. Thank you so much. I'll, you, I'll meet you. Amen. Appreciate you, man. Okay. And keep up the good yes, work. Sir. Thank you, Mr. I will. All right. Bye-bye. What it is, Miles, uh, Nelson Moody. Uh, we're going to go to a break because we have another special guest that uh, is going to join us. He's actually taking time out of his busy schedule while he's traveling. We have the embedded beat writer for the Atlanta Falcons, D. Orlando Ledbetter, going to join us. And we'll be back in just a moment. Yes, sir. Do you do hair, makeup, nails, or DJ as a hobby? The expenses you acquired and the money you made can be claimed in your tax return. Have a qualified child? You can get up to $4,373 or more. Call Raouf Tax Services at 678-561-0774. We will give you a $25 gift card for any referrals that become a client. Your name also will be placed in the drawing to win a $100 gift card at the end of the tax season for your referrals. Call now, Raul Tax Service at 678-561-0774. We help more people get returns on their return. Lawrence Taylor, New York Giants, and you with Real Talk Sports. All right, everybody, we are back. You're listening to the Real Talk Sports Show, and we broadcast to you from just outside of the beautiful city of Atlanta, Georgia, at the Holiday Inn and Suites. And I have a guy here on the line here is an award-winning sports writer. He is the embedded speech sports writer for the Atlanta Falcons. D. Orlando Ledbetter is in the building. D. Led, can you hear us, sir? Yes, I can, Reverend Jonathan. Thanks for having me on Real Talk Sports. D. Led, praise the Lord, man. It's good to have you back on with us. Um, Man, it's it's amazing how just in like a couple of days it went from well we weren't hearing too much from the Falcons to bam, uh, things are going on. So, talk to us a little bit about some of the moves that that you're seeing them make. Obviously, uh, really in the defensive line. What are, what are you seeing there with uh, uh, with some of these moves that they're they're making or not making in some cases? Well, you know, we kind of predicted all of this uh, two weeks ago in the blog about the cap casualties that were coming, that were forthcoming. And, uh, you know, pretty much been point on uh, with the guys whose salary didn't match their participation on the field. Uh, you know, Don Terry Poe was a business decision that they had to make. Um, you know, they, they don't want to pay him, uh, you know, what he can get on the open market. 
You know, Brooks Reed was restructured today. Andy Lavitre, you knew that was coming. Uh, those were the top two on my list. And then the, the bottom guys were Levine Toilolo, Derek Shelby, and, you know, they could redo Matt Schaub also, but uh, they're going to let him play out on his last year of his contract. And we'll see a new quarterback, backup quarterback in here for uh, 2019. So um, the Falcons are, you know, they're, they're trying to match up the quality of uh, play with the uh, pay level, you know, over the contracts that they, uh, you know, signed originally with a lot of guys. And they have to create room so they can go out and get another guard and uh, draft a nose tackle or, or vice versa. And we got to get ready for a really big Matt Ryan contract. It's going to, you know, be uh, pretty, you know, um, uh, you know, with $27 million going to Garoppolo, it's pretty easy to project that they're going to be paying him more than $30 million a year here in the coming uh, week. Well, D-Led, you know, that's, that's uh, you know, my little partner in crime here, Mr. <laughs> Miles Tyson. He's he's not a big Matt Ryan fan, so the fact that Matt's most likely going to get either $30 million or maybe just a little north of that, and Miles is kind of wiggling his seat. But as everybody's been saying, that is kind of what the market is right now for quarterbacks, especially quarterbacks at that level. Yeah, I, I just wanted to get Miles ready for that because I, I know you know he's not the only one that thinks that's way too much for for Matt Ryan or anybody at that point. But yeah, the Garoppolo deal reset the market. Uh, they're waiting mm-hmm. for the Kirk Cousins deal. Uh, Tom Condon's gonna—he can't sign Matt Ryan before Kirk Cousins gets into a bidding war with four teams. It's gonna drive it up more. And then Aaron Rodgers is sitting back and waiting too. You know. They're going to pay Jimmy Garoppolo $27 million a year based on five games. Then these guys will certainly earn, you know, their pay. So, uh, you know, it's just a whole – I think the quarterbacks get too much of a percentage of the salary cap. I'd like to see that money Mm spread around to, you know, some more, you know, certainly to the running backs and uh, some of the players that are on the field for four, 500 snaps a season. They need to be getting paid a little bit more. And not all the money in one place with the quarterback. Yeah, it's amazing, man, how they put all this stress on what they call the uh, the face of the franchise. Yes, sir. Uh, I'm I'm on I'm on uh, respond to that. Actually, out of all the quarterbacks that's getting all that money, Matt Ryan is the only one that actually deserves the money because <laughs> he's actually the only one with a resume and playoff victories, a Super Bowl appearance, and MVP. So, out of all the players that's getting all the quarterbacks that's getting all his money, he's actually the only one that actually really deserves it. So I give him kudos on that. And, I mean, if they give it to him, more power to him. He's actually well-deserved of that if everybody else is getting that kind of money. But uh, I'm going to go back to the question of uh, how did Dan Quinn let Michael Bennett slip through his hands and go to the Philadelphia Eagles, the Super Bowl champions, and Dan Quinn used to coach him? I don't understand that. Yeah, there's a couple things that played Miles. Uh, The Falcons didn't have that fifth-round pick. They sent it to Denver for Ty Sambrello. They needed a backup tackle, and uh, Ty came in handy last year when Schrader was hurt. So they didn't have a fifth-round pick. They didn't want to send him a fourth-round pick. And uh, then the other mm-hmm. variable was, you know, Michael Bennett was scheduled to make $8 million, uh, you know, and he didn't want to come here on in, in a pay cut type situation for six or five. So it was best to, you know, instead of putting a – unhappy Michael Bennett in your locker room to, to let him move on and go somewhere else where, you know, they got a little bit more money for him. 
Uh, speaking of more money, I guess that's the same story with Adrian Claiborne, a guy that, uh, you know, had the game of his life, obviously, against the Cowboys with six sacks, but now he's gone as well. And that leaves the Falcons awful thin, D-led, a D-line. Yeah, well, they uh, they believe his his snaps will be taken up by Takaris McKinley, the rookie who played last year, uh, you know, didn't play that much last year, had his soldier worked on, and they, they have big plans for him. So, you know, they're not going to uh, – Claiborne can get about $9 million on the open market, but he's not going to get $9 million worth of snaps here. So he's not worth $9 million to the Falcons. He's worth four or five. But, uh, you know, that's why they created free agency. And, you know, these guys need to get the money when they can. And, uh, you know, he's been injured a lot in his career. And now this is probably the one chance he's going to get to test the open market. So, if he can get it out there, more power to him. Yes, sir, Mr. Ledbetter. Um, are the Falcons going to draft a quarterback this this uh, draft, you don't think? Do you not think they need to get one for the future now? Um uh, behind that Ryan, even though, I mean, he probably got maybe three or four more good years left in him and maybe get that young guy in there that maybe they can get a couple steals with this way some of these draft players are going. And particularly one player that I'm thinking of that might drop down is Mr. Lamar Jackson. I knew it, I knew it was coming. Um, I was looking for that. Mm-hmm. Would, you, would you think the Falcons could, if he just falls down to sec, uh, mid-second, uh, do you think they would take a chance on him? Um, I know Coach Quinn wanted to see him work out, but uh, I, I don't okay. think they're ready yet. I think they get ready to give him six million dollars. I mean, thirty. I mean, a six-year contract at thirty million dollars. They're not really looking to pass the torch here anytime in the in the near future. They're probably. I'm thinking two. You're thinking two. They're probably thinking four that he can make it to thirty-seven, okay. and and when they get to thirty-seven, then they can recheck for the quarterback. They're not. They're not thinking that they have to get him in here right away. They're still looking for a. Um, they will be looking for a backup next year, but not the uh, heir apparent to Matt Ryan yet. Well, you know, Aaron Rodgers stepped be behind Brett Favre for about five or six years. Uh, you heard yeah, me a little better. He stepped behind him for. He stepped behind him for three years. So you know, so Matt, the uh, least Aaron Rodgers. Okay. Yeah, he stepped behind him for three years. And, um, you know, so that means we're, we're at least three years away. So, uh, you go with a six-year contract, you know, Lamar Jackson's probably not coming here, and they're probably not drafting a quarterback that high for at least three more drafts. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah, and I, I just think, I mean, I, I, I've talked about this a couple of times on the show. Listen, as much as I'm enamored with the young man and his skills, I just think that that, that would really make a very difficult situation here. Uh, for the Falcons, I'm not trying to say that you that if you if obviously the guy dropped into the third or fourth round, you'd have to at least take a look. But I think at the end of the day, um, the Falcons would not introduce that into the locker room because he led you and I both know that if Lamar Jackson was here um, the first time that Matt had one of those you know two touchdown three picks games. The, the, the media, the fans would start to be asking, when can we see young Mr. Jackson? So I don't think he's coming here unless he drops way down. <laughs> yeah. No, no, Lamar helped himself at the combine. And you can Google, uh, you know, Lamar Jackson at myajc.com. I did a couple stories up there with video and everything. Uh, he's going to play his stuff into the late first round. Uh, let's be real. What the question is, is can he read defenses? Can he uh, see three, four, five options on the field? And that's what all this cold talk is about. Let's just get it out there. Right. The guy's smart enough to read defenses. 
And, uh, you know, because he didn't have to do that at Louisville. He ran the ball 15, 1,600 yards, threw the ball off a of read, passed options to one or two guys. And you can do that in the NFL. The Eagles showed you can do it. Um, you know, you have to build some stuff in there for him while you're developing him and growing him. You know, uh, Jeff Fisher did a great job with Steve McNair with that. But, I mean, he had a cannon of an arm. I saw him in his first game against Howard at uh, Alcorn State. And uh, up in Indianapolis in the Circle City Classic, I knew right away he was an NFL quarterback. Same thing here with Lamar. Um, you know, it's just a matter of, you know, will he take the coaching? And, um, you know, and Mac Talent, we didn't see that with Vince Young, uh, you know, who barely wanted to open a book. And, uh, you know, Robert Griffin Jr., you know, didn't want to listen. He kept running in the walls and instead of learning how to pass. And, uh, you know, he's uh, – trying to get back in the league with the Chargers right now. And then, you you know, Cam's been able to do both. So, uh, you know, you saw where Randall Cunningham had to switch it up and, and throw the ball later on in his career. So, you, you only going to run but so much in the NFL. You're going to have to learn how to read defense <laughs> and throw the ball. That's true. That's true. Uh, Mr. Ledbetter, um, how interested are the the uh, Falcons in drafting the, the young man out of South Carolina, Mr. Hayden Hurst, uh, I've I seen him this year. He's a very uh, uh, good player, a tight end, uh, very reliable, and uh, runs a four four six seven forty. I think six five. So he's a big guy. So how interested are they in the drafting him, and where? I don't think that's a legitimate report. Um, the Falcons uh, have their tight end in Austin Hooper, and he's young, and they draft Albert so. too. So they, um, you know, they're going to bring a veteran tight end into the room to help out. They're not going to, uh, you know, they're not going to stockpile that position with a first, second, and third-year player, uh, you know, which is what that would be. But, you know, he's a, certainly a fine talent. But, uh, you know, I don't um, expect them to go in that direction in the draft. We'll see that play out in free agency when they uh, sign one of these veteran tight ends that are out there on the uh, free agent market. Yes, sir. Well, I tell you, uh, as far as what you can see right now, D-Led, um, now, now here's another question, and I know that he wouldn't fit in their in their salary structure. I don't think, but uh, any any shot at all you think that uh, that the, any shot at all you think that the uh, that Endomican Sue could be in play here for the Falcons? Mm. Uh, that was a little too rich for their uh, taste last time, and uh, you know we're seeing where they're trying to build their line on a cheap, kind of like how Seattle did with Cliff Averill and Michael Bennett. Get young up and coming guys, pay them, you know, four, five, six million dollar deals, and then, uh, you know, if they, they outplay it, they let them go or, and get another one. Uh, Grady Jarrett's got to get taken care of here, so I don't see where, unless, yeah, I don't see where that would fit. Uh, I don't see, think he's their kind of guy, and, uh, you know, uh, I just don't see that, I don't see that being a fit for the Falcons. Yeah, I just had wondered when I when I noticed that uh, he might in fact possibly be released, or uh, at least there's some trade rumblings. I say, well, we we know that he can, we know that he can play defensive line. There's no question about it, and we know that when he's at his best, uh, you know, he can be a handful uh, in the uh, in that front line. So, who do you think the Falcons are going to go with? A lot of people are talking about the uh, the young man uh, out of Georgia uh, on the offensive line who really kind of started climbing the charts after the senior bowl. Um, what, what do you think that, uh, that the Falcons are going to be looking at as far as a first-round pick? 
Yeah, I think uh, we'll know for sure, uh, Jonathan, uh, after free agency. If they spend their money okay. on the guard there, which I think they'll do, uh, then you can go nose tackle. And then you can kind of bank on them trying to trade up to get the Vita V kid from uh, Washington. Uh, he's out, outside of their range right now. But if he slips to like 15 or 16, you know, they'll go up to get him. We put uh, some out in the blog this week on uh, Thomas Dimitrov's trading, draft day trading uh, history. Every year he's made a trade. And he loves to trade up once they identify the talent. Uh, for the position. So, you know, the nose tackle from Washington is in play. You have the Michigan kid, Hurst, who uh, had the heart situation at the combine, and uh, that certainly takes one player off the board that would have been gone. And, uh, you know, Isaiah Wynn is the guard. Will Hernandez is another guard from UTEP if they go that way. But, uh, you know, the main thing is getting Matt Ryan's deal done and maybe trying to get – they're clearing all this space for a reason, and all of it's not for Matt. Because Matt, cause if he can get his deal done, that's going to lower the cap some more uh, down from uh, 21 to 12 or 9. So, uh, you know, they got to get Matt in there, lower the cap. Then they can go after the Norwell kid who's the guard up at uh, Carolina or Justin Pugh, the former New York Giant guard, uh, and spend some money there. Well, if they don't get those guys, certainly I think you're right. And I think that a lot of fans here would love to see Isaiah win uh, the uh, the big uh, guard out of Georgia here. It seems like he has great feet. Uh, it seems like he could be a potential, uh, you know, kind of pencil men starter, barring injury, you know, for a good seven to ten years. And certainly would be a great compliment, you know, here on this line. Um, like I said, D-Led, a lot of stuff going on with the Falcons. Yes, uh, they're – uh, we're going to look, like I said again, to see what they kind of do with the signing, see whether, whether they're going to go with a defensive or offensive lineman. And then for there, I think it's going to get real interesting here around camp. Uh, I noticed that there's been, some, uh, there's been some talk about the condition of Jack Crawford. Can you give me an update on that? Because certainly there's a guy who the Falcons, I think, thought would contribute very well on the defensive line. What's his status? Yeah, Coach, I told uh, told us the AJC at the Combine, and I saw something they posted up on, on their website, too, that Jack was going to be fine. He's recovering. And not only Jack, but everybody else who had off-season surgery, he wouldn't give us the whole list. He expected everybody to be ready to go for training camp. So that means they'll probably be limited during the OTAs and the off-season program, but he's expecting the full ship when they take off there in training camp in uh, late July. And Jack is on schedule to be on that on the boat when they get ready to start uh, getting ready for the regular season in late July. Well, we look forward to it, uh, D-Led, no question about it, because that's always the way you can get a good look at these guys before the season. Um, also hearing that Austin Hooper is uh, looking to take things a little bit more seriously. I guess he's skipping his vacation to do some extra work. Now, is he working alone or with Matt? What have you heard about that? Yeah, um, Coach Dan Quinn told us up at uh, the the, um, the combine that he was – Hooper's a guy that they're expecting big things from. They just think he's going to mature and grow. Uh, he's sticking around, according to an ESPN report, to uh, work out with Matt Ryan. I don't know if they're working out at the team facility or even if that's allowed – uh, that might be illegal, but, um, uh, but yeah, he's supposedly uh, working with Matt, and whenever Matt wants to throw, he just texts him, and he's, and he's uh, uh, going to, um, you know, going to catch balls from him. He was a kid who had to kind of grow up. He didn't take take it. Uh, he, he really uh, 
didn't handle it well last year when he messed up in games and uh, wasn't a stand-up guy. And, uh, uh, you know, so we're, you know, he's going to probably have to grow up a little bit to turn to a professional football player. Yeah, a little, a little too much of that Cali cool, I guess, built in there. Yes, sir. Uh, Mr. Ledbetter, Devontae Freeman, his health on his um, concussions and stuff, is how is that going with him? Is he? I know he's not considering uh, retirement or nothing right now, but how's he? Is is everything going good with him? Is he recovering and everything like that? Is that a issue right now, or is that something that's going on in the Falcons front office that they're worried about? No, they, um, you know, uh, his running style is such that, you know, uh, he's got to look at maybe a different helmet or, or, or something, uh, uh, better blocking would certainly help. That's how Coleman got <laughs> knocked out when, uh, when the right guard got ran over. Uh, but yeah, you know, n- not a major concern. They can't really look at it like that. Uh, he's got to continue to play. He wants to play, uh, in that physical style of football. So, no, there's no real uh, outward showing of any concern with uh, Devontae's future uh, as the team's starting running back. Well, one last thing, Delek. I know you are uh, en route to do some things here. Um, uh, another uh, name that's floating around because of his connection, of course, with Dan Quinn, Richard Sherman, uh, putting all over social media that he is out in Seattle. Any chance that he would come in here and be part of the brotherhood in Atlanta? I think not. Uh, they they have their cornerbacks all signed up, and they like their top four cornerbacks. And even the the, the fifth one, Blendy Ray Wilson, came on. Uh, so you don't really want to disgruntle Richard Sherman here uh, sitting the bench and when he's used to playing. So he'll find somewhere where he can play. He's got to get well. Uh, but it won't be here in Atlanta. They have too much money tied up in the two starting cornerbacks, and they believe DeMonte Casey – and push Brian Poole at the nickel spot. So and they they so they at least think they got five corners. So I, I don't see Richard coming to Atlanta. Well, there you go. Look, guys, uh, if you want to really get the very best and up to date inside news, what's going on with the Falcons, uh, certainly follow uh, D Orlando Ledbetter. He's going to tell you now where you can follow him on social media, and also where you can find one of the best blogs on the Falcons. His nine on nine blog. So go ahead, D Led. Yeah, on uh, Twitter, you can follow us at AJC, And I really appreciate the folks that come and follow uh, there. And we tweet out the uh, Cover 9 at 9 blog on Wednesdays at 9. And the Bowtie Chronicles podcast will be coming weekly over the off season at 8 o'clock on Wednesday. So Wednesday's a big day when we try to drop everything for you. Uh, you know, if you need it, you know, one stop for the week to get everything, it's usually there. And uh, we certainly appreciate you following us on Twitter at DOrlandoAJC. Well, guys, you got it right there. Again, uh, if you want the inside and the best stuff from what's going on with the Falcons, and not just, uh, you know, we, and we certainly appreciate some of the fan pages that have popped up and have a lot of followers. If you really want to get the inside information, DOrlando Ledbetter, award-winning journalist from the AJC, bring it to you because he is actually there, travels with the team, home and away. As you can hear, he was at the Combine getting you the inside information that you can't get anywhere else. Check them out. Cover 9 on 9 on Wednesday. And then check out the Bowtie Chronicles. As a matter of fact, if you want to get a little uh, dash of some uh, style and have a dash for you, you got to check out his Arsenal bow ties because uh, D-Led handles it pretty well. <laughs> Dear listen, man, we appreciate you again uh, for joining us uh, and taking time out of your busy schedule. 
and we look forward to having you back on again as soon as we go through the preseason. And specifically as we get closer to the drafts, you can talk to us about what your thoughts are about the Falcons and their front office. All right, Reverend Johnson Simmons, thank you for having me on Real Talk Sports. You all take care and have a great evening. So here's D. Orlando yes, Ledbetter in the building. Guys, again, you listen to the Real Talk Sports show. We broadcast to you right here on Atlanta's Incredible Radio, uh, uh, right here on realtalksports.net. We're also on the Real Talk Sports 7. Follow us on social media. I think we may have a caller here on the line. I'm going to try to get a phone number ending in 6294. We're going to bring them to the forefront, let them introduce themselves to you right now. Caller, go ahead. You're on here. Good evening. This is a first-time caller here, uh, Lou from Jersey. Well, listen, man, uh, we appreciate you uh, dialing in, and uh, the mic is yours, sir. What would you like to talk about tonight? Well, as most of you probably know, that the uh, conference tournaments are going right now in college basketball, and Sunday, of course, is so Sunday. Mm-hmm. That's correct, man. It's full throttle here. March Madness is uh, underway. Uh, who are some of yes. your picks that you think might make it to the Final Four? Do you have any? Uh, do you have any favorites right yet? Well, I wouldn't say favorites, but I usually try to go with the obvious. I do think uh, Villanova is going is going to make a run. I'm going to say Virginia. Um, I think I changed some of my picks here. I I think maybe Arizona might. Uh, have a chance. That's going to be like the dark horse. Yeah, if they can get by with all these, if, yeah, if they can get by with all these problems here with Coach Miller, I mean, he's under investigation now, yeah. so that's a little bit of a dark cloud. But they, they certainly have a team that could, uh, uh, could do quite well. Um, I'm a fan of Virginia. Mm-hmm. Uh, their head coach is uh, comes from good pedigree. His father got uh, a Wisconsin team that nobody thought was going to do it to the Final Four back in 2000, and uh, got a chance to actually. Uh, yes, right. Yeah, his dad was a, was a, a longtime coach in Wisconsin. And uh, like you said, again, he plays and he sets his teams up the way his dad does, really hard-nosed defense, uh, low scoring, and uh, they're, they're going to really force you to beat them offensively. So uh, certainly Virginia is, a, is, a, is, a, is, you know, they're a good pick. Villanova, well, we saw what they'd done two years ago. They won the, the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And last year, kind of, I think everybody was kind of surprised they got bumped off, uh, I guess it was in the Elite Eight, I guess it was. So, um, yes. you know, good stuff. Well, not for nothing, but it is tough to repeat. How about Duke? Do you you feel that Duke or North Carolina got a chance? Yes. Though I'm not crazy about their team captain, though. (laughs) Mr. Grayson Allen, huh? That's the one. Yeah, you mean the trip master? (laughs) The trip master, yeah. yeah, Well, I will say, though, he's he's been much better behaved this year. Certainly, he's come. Well, because last year, the the guy, I mean, last year he acted like a spoiled brat most of the year, and I think that it really brought into question uh, Coach K and his ability to uh, harness and what he would put up with. Because you think back in the day, Coach K would have probably benched him and penalized him a lot earlier. Mm. Uh, so we were all kind of surprised that Coach K really didn't drop the hammer. But like I said, this year the young man has acquitted himself um, much better. He hasn't tripped anybody yet. <laughs> yeah, I think well, probably Coach K is meddling with age too. Yes, sir, and uh, and I'm I'm not understanding how I be hearing most of the season that Duke is a very deep team, but they only go about seven or eight deep. I mean, I'm not. Hopefully, Coach K will do some adjustments in the tournament, and now that I, he might have been saving it for that. So, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what Coach K adjusting. What's that? How much more do you think he's got? Who's that, Coach K? Yeah, I mean he's what 77 years old now. 
Yeah, yeah, he he he's up there. Um, yeah, not in the best of health I, either. I see, a, I see a couple with that recruiting class he got next year. I know he's going to be at least two more years with that recruiting class he got coming in next year. So yeah, I definitely want to see that. Well, the problem with Coach K is I think that what he's going to have to take a look at is not even so much of age, but he's the guy that has had some physical, you know, difficulties in yeah. the last couple of years. He's had uh, back operations and mm-hmm. things like that, and certainly, you know. Right, and when you're in your late 60s, early 70s, and you're dealing with guys that are basically the age of your grandchildren, <laughs> and, and it's a high, let's face it, to coach D, the, the Division One basketball, that requires energy. Mm. Um, and so you yeah. just do wonder how much more he's got left in the tank. Yeah, that's true. Now, wait, wait, listen, we appreciate you. I'm going to be 48. Yeah. Oh, for real? <laughs> that, that, I mean, he sounds young. I, I would have said, you know, 28 or in your 30s, so that's, yeah. a, that's a good sign, Stop brother. That. I mean, Listen, listen. I'm, I'm older than, than both you and Miles, so uh, yeah, I know the drill, man. I'm I'm in my late fifties now, and uh, yeah, you know, you just uh, I I thank God I still feel pretty good, uh, able to kind of come out and uh, hit the gym, uh, you know, a few times a week. So uh, it, it's all it really it really is just the grace of God if you're healthy. That's really the key. Yeah. If you're healthy, you can really be productive well into your senior years because you know, we see it all the time. Uh, there are people who are still bodybuilders. There are people who are still senior athletes uh, that do some phenomenal things. But but a lot of that is just like I said again, the grace of God that these people were in in decent shape. So uh, that's really yes. the key. Uh, Let me ask you one. Uh, do, what do you have? One sleeper team that you think might uh, make some noise? Uh, just one sleeper team. Uh, so that that is that's a tricky one though. You know, because you, you you never know who who it might be. So. Mm-hmm. No, I, I like to go with my, like my hometown team, Seton Hall, but I seriously doubt it. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, it should be interesting. You know, that's the one thing that makes uh, March Madness just that, March Madness. Yeah. Uh, Mine's Tennessee. Well, that's, see, <laughs> so what you don't know, Miles is a big Tennessee fan. He's a huge, big Tennessee SEC fan. I assume Miles is the only guy so. on, the, on the line. Yes, that's, yes, that's, that's, that's my, one of my okay. co-hosts. Yeah, he's, uh, he's a big SEC guy. Um, if you think he's pitching SEC now, brother, you should call us in the football season. <laughs> he, yeah, I'm more. He feels well, the conference, but the SEC. In, in basketball, I'm Big East. In, in football, I'm more of let's say uh, I have to say Pac-12 because there's no Big East anymore. Yeah. So how, how do you feel about the new Big East since the other teams have left to the ACC to? The Syracuse is the still big. Yeah, what a waste! Do you feel the Big East? Oh, is, we'll go to ACC. Oh, we'll get more money. We'll get more of this. We'll make our team better. We'll get better television coverage. Since you went to the ACC, you have collapsed, and it's like you are a you are a bunch of second rate second rate players. You haven't done anything. Yeah. I mean, Rutgers who went to the Big Ten, big mistake in football. Big mistake. They are horrible. They are worse now than they were <laughs> yeah. back before they joined the Big East. It's a sham. Yeah. Well, I think I think really all of this stuff, and this is what's really hurting college sports in general, and this is why the FBI is investigating. I think this money train that has been developed is really hurting Uh-oh. the sport. All this is just disrupting conferences. Because when you think about it, you know, I remember because, you know, I, I grew up in the Northeast myself. I grew up in Connecticut about 45 minutes outside of the Bronx. So I'm old enough to remember when the Big East was first formulated. Mm-hmm. And I remember those, those, those great rivalries with the late, great Pearl Washington and, and Patrick Ewing and, 
and, uh, you know, uh, Chris Mullins, all these guys that really, uh, really they kind of they re-energized New York area basketball and basketball mm-hmm. in the Northeast and those, and those showdowns they would have with the Big East against the ACC, man, that, that was just must-see TV. And, you know, for these schools to leave and, and, and to kind of break up over the years was really very disappointing. Yeah. I mean, why can't just leave things the way they are? It would have been made so much better, and maybe it would have been more competitive. Yeah, exactly. I mean, because, like I said, if you, if you look back at those, those legendary matchups, Syracuse, Georgetown, St. John, uh, Boston College, I mean, like I said, this was just really, really great talent, and, and it allowed a lot of the, the Northeastern schools to retain guys that played basically on the streets, on the hard courts, you know, um, where they lived. So it was just great to see, man. It just was great to see all that, those kind of matchups. So, you know, uh, but greed always rules the day. Well, look, brother, listen, we appreciate you uh, joining us. Now, how did you find out about the Real Talk Sports Show? Oh, I just uh, scrolled down uh, Blog Talk Radio, and one of my other shows is not seem to work right now. So I scrolled down, and voila. Well, listen, we appreciate you, man. And yes, uh, appreciate we, uh, we normally are on every Thursday at this time. And we actually broadcast uh, from a live location, and, and you actually can see us. We actually are also streaming live video on Facebook Live I and don't look on, on Periscope. There I you don't go. look good on camera. <laughs> Believe me, that's why well, I prefer the radio than television. Neither do I. <laughs> right. Neither do I. But we're on camera, nevertheless. <laughs> Listen, we do appreciate you, man. Please follow us anywhere on social media. We're on Instagram, Twitter, uh, and on Facebook at Real Talk Sports Seven. Uh, we'd love to interact with you on social media as well, and. Uh, I tell your friends, there's some guys uh, talking sports outside Metro Atlanta. Ah, okay, I'm from the New Jersey area. If I have time next week, I will. But one of my other lines is not working now. So when I scroll down, I found you. I thought, hey, why not give it a shot? Well, listen, we appreciate you, man. We always like to bring in callers from all over the place, um, and uh, we got a guy that calls us occasionally from Detroit. So yeah, man, we we appreciate the love, and we appreciate you uh, stopping in and checking us out here in the Real Talk Sports Show. Oh, good, because maybe uh, you can catch me on my show on uh, Saturday nights. Well, hey, listen, the mic is yours. Tell people about your show and how they can follow you on social media. Go ahead. Certainly. Well, I'm on Facebook, um, and I'm on a Saturday night show called the Enhanced Sports Show. We're on 6 6 o'clock in the Eastern time zone, uh, 3 o'clock in the West, um, 8 a.m. Sunday morning in Russia. Um, We handle all sports, football, baseball, basketball, Hockey, heck, if you want to talk table tennis, I'll talk about that. So um, if you get a chance on Saturday night, give a call. Well, brother, we definitely want to do it. So check them out, Enhanced Sports. That's on blogtalkradio.com, Enhanced Sports. Check them out as these guys uh, give you a northeastern feel and all the great things that are going on in the world of sports. Well, listen, we appreciate you. God bless, and uh, we hope to uh, hear from you again real soon. Yes, sir. Depending on my schedule, I will. Oh, that's great stuff right there, brother. You can't uh, can't beat that. Uh yeah. Uh, always good to hear from other guys from around the country, especially other guys that do sports yeah, that is as well. Yeah, you know I mean, personality. Uh, yeah, it's, it's great stuff, man. And when, and that's one of the things that we like to try to do is bring people on. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, guys like the great D. Orlando Ledbetter, uh, Brian Jones, who does uh, the Packers twenty four seven. We hope to have him with us next week. And uh, just uh, we're very appreciative that these guys take time out of their schedule because they do shows. I appreciate you speaking of doing shows. I want to tell people about the show that uh, you do as well. Oh yes. Uh, Game Time Sports Talk Radio on um, 1570 AM, WIGO, Atlanta Sport, uh, Atlanta's Incredible Radio. Radio. Sorry about that. <laughs> Stella Award winner. Award I got winner. that right. That's right. That's got that right. You are correct. 
Uh, very blessed to be on there, uh, me and my co-host uh, VJ, and we also got the uh, El Capitone coming on there uh, at least a couple times a month, and um, hopefully we get you up in there too uh, uh, sometime. You know, yeah, I know man, you're a busy we, man. We, I know you're a busy we, man. We gotta try to get back in the mix there on Tuesday and join you guys. Um, yes, sir. Um, and we appreciate what you've done. Appreciate how you guys have really, you know, branched off and done your own thing, and uh, you know, done some really, really good stuff, man. Just you know, it's growing, growing, growing. Yeah, and you guys on grow Facebook, every day. You, yes, you guys are on Facebook Live as well, so yes, you sir. can uh, check them out. Game Time Sports, Tuesdays, 7 p.m. to 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on WIGO Atlanta's incredible radio, 1570 on the dial. The other good thing is you can catch those guys online as well on WIGOAM.com. You also can check them out on the free TuneIn radio app. If you don't have it, please, man, please, sir, get it. It is a free application. Uh, put in uh, WIGO in the search engine, and voila, you'll find them broadcasting to you live 7 p.m. on Tuesday evening. Again, we want to give a quick little shout-out. Matter of fact, we're going to do better than shout We're going to play that commercial real quick. We have a, a new a sponsor that has joined us. Mm-hmm. We're going to let you hear a little bit about them, and then we will be back in just a moment with more of the Real Talk Sports Show. Do you do hair, makeup, nails, or DJ as a hobby? The expenses you acquired and the money you made can be claimed in your tax return. Have a qualified child? You can get up to $4,373 or more. Call Raouf Tax Services at 678-561-0774. We will give you $25 gift card for any referrals that become a client. Your name also will be placed in the drawing to win a $100 gift card at the end of the tax season for your referrals. Call now, Raul Tax Service at 678-561-0774. We help more people get returns on their returns. Orange Taylor, New York Giants, and you with Real Talk Sports. All right, we're back here. Real Talk Sports Show. Me, man, Mr. Jonathan Simmons and Mr. Miles Tyson in the building. Yes, sir, man. Good to be here again, once again. Man. Hey, brother, man. Definitely good stuff here. Uh, able to talk a little Final Four. Able to talk uh, some Falcons as well. Um, you know, listen to D-Led. I think the Falcons are trying to make some moves, but yes, that's the one thing that you always kind of are up against when you are in the National Football League mm-hmm. is that you know things are always in flux, and the, and the good teams are trying to become great. I think that the Philadelphia Eagles are really trying to get to the position where they can be like the Patriots. They can be a dominant team and come back. Because keep in mind, they did everything they did with, in essence, a backup quarterback. Exactly. Uh, you know. So, let me ask you that. So, is it, do you think it's the the? Do you think it's like Carson Wentz? Do you think that was Carson Wentz being that good, or do you think that was Doug Peterson? Come on, coaching, play calling, you know, because, I mean, they didn't miss a beat. Well, they, they did. I mean, they, there's no question about it. I mean, you, you do – I guess I guess the thing that you want to take a look at is um, it's both. I mm-hmm. mean, there's no question that with, with Peterson, he put together a game plan that, that really fit his personnel, mm-hmm. um, that RPO, which – you know, and I guess I got a little cranky about it last week talking about it because, you know, I, I think that for a long time – uh, this idea of a run-pass option, you know, it, it kind of was a, something where it seemed to be something that they kind of didn't want to do or they claimed that a team had to change their whole scenario if they had 
a running quarterback or a mobile quarterback, I should say, and usually yeah. that quarterback was of African-American descent. I'm just saying, I, you know, suddenly now this whole RPO became in vogue. Yeah. You know, when you had uh, uh, Nick Foles running, I'm not taking anything away from him at all, but I mean, RPO, that's been around for a while. That run yeah. pass option, there's nothing new. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cam Newton showed you how efficiently it could be run mm-hmm. in 2015. It had not been some, some trickery in the Super Bowl. They, they might have, you, you might have had a different kind of champion. Well, speaking of champion, it's always a champion that, that will call us here on the air. So uh, we're going to go here live to Block Talk Radio. We have caller, phone number ending at 4727. Uh, you are on the air. Go ahead, caller. Yeah, thanks for taking the call, man. Uh, yeah, you guys are, uh, you guys are right on the money. Uh, RPO's been around a while. And it, it kind of goes with uh, what we would call innovative thinking is. It should just be called normal thinking, uh, playing to your player's strengths as opposed to saying, this is my system. And if you can't run my system in this way, then you're a bad player. And that's essentially how the NFL operated for decades. So we saw a lot of guys uh, whose talents weren't kind of put to the forefront. And we saw a lot of franchises, you know, constantly be shuffling quarterbacks in and out and coaches in and out because of this stupid way of thinking. And, you know, now you look at it and you say, wow, the quarterback market uh, blew up everybody's salary cap to the point of, now they finally are understanding, okay, let me build a roster until I can find my quarterback uh, that I think is great. But if I don't, hey, I'll just play to this guy's strengths and do what I can. It's kind of the Belichick way of do your job. I'm not going to put you in a position uh, to, to do something that you're not physically able to do. But so many coaches got away with doing that for decades and just blaming the talent on the roster. So I, I think it's a yes, good, good thing in a new day for the NFL as far as that's concerned. Oh, yeah, that, I, I agree with you on that. But I'm going to ask you this, caller. Um, do you do you agree that the run, RPO is run better with a run? It, it gives you a better or more dimension with a, a mobile quarterback? Do you think it, it, yeah, it, it would? I think, yeah, mm. yeah. I mean, it's 11-11 football no matter what. If the guy can run, that's an extra add-on. So the idea that that would be a detriment, that goes to that that old, uh, you know, thinking that I was talking about. And if we want to take it an even deeper level, let's say this. How is it that in the pocket means you have to hit me in this way, in this area, and if I get outside of the pocket, you can do whatever you want to? Like, think about how arbitrary that rule is and essentially what that rule did, which was keep some quarterbacks in the league longer and not let other yeah. quarterbacks actually get in the league. Because, that, that I mean, that rule, like, there's really no basis for that. If you told someone who wasn't a football fan, oh, yeah, you can't hit Brady right there because he's in the pocket. But uh, when Cam gets over there by the hash, oh, you can knock his head off. Like, it makes no <laughs> sense. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, you, you take a look at the way the league is set up. And, again, you made a good point about uh, the coaches, the great coaches. We, we can take some examples in history. There are two coaches – that coach teams that really relied on defense and on run game. But when they found they had a quarterback that could throw the ball a lot, they did that. And I'm going back, I'm a little older, but I'm going back and look at a guy who made his, his, his coaching reputation in the seventies with the Miami Dolphins, uh, coach Don Shula. Well, if you go back and look at those Dolphin teams, they basically were old school NFL teams. They ran the ball extremely well. They were very efficient in the passing game. And they had a defense that could could basically stop whatever you were trying to do. Well, fast forward, you know, into the 80s, well, all those players were gone, 
and he had the opportunity to draft a young gunslinger out of Pittsburgh by the name of Dan Marino. Well, all of a sudden, this three yards in a cloud of dust coach was able to coach up a guy to become the first quarterback ever to throw for 5,000 yards in a season. So mm-hmm. clearly it's an issue of can you coach? Coach Bill Parcells, I grew up watching the Giants back in the 80s and 90s. Same thing. They relied on a very stout defense, good running attack, and an efficient don't turn the ball over in quarterback play. Well, guess what? When they got in, when he went over to, to the Patriots, he found that he had a gunslinger out of uh, Washington that could throw the ball around in the name of Drew Bledsoe, and they set a record in the 98 Super Bowl was the first quarterback ever to throw the ball for 50 times in a Super Bowl. So, yep. you know, it, it's all – and same thing with Coach Bill Belichick, who comes from that same tree. All right, initially Tom Brady was not forced to throw the ball 30, 40 times a game, but as the game changed, Tom Brady has now thrown for over 400 yards in back-to-back Super Bowls. Yeah. That's incredible. Mm-hmm. Right. That's coaching. Right, and, and another aspect is, like, some of the old blood just has to go because – the, the the nepotism that's at play, the do a favor for a guy who you like and put him on your staff, like that stuff has to go. Because think about every draft, you're bringing in these picks, you don't know which ones are going to pan out, and your roster and your game plan should be tailored to uh, the talent of those picks. So just because a guy was a first rounder, hey, if he's not good enough to be a difference maker, then you need to you know put more emphasis on that second rounder that did grade out. So at a certain point, we're seeing the kind of the old boys club kind of wash away a little bit because there's a lot of guys who shouldn't be working uh, who are drawing paychecks. <laughs> They're just getting a check. <laughs> yes, well, there's no doubt about that, Carla. You are uh, spot on uh, with all of those comments. Listen, how did you find out about the Real Talk Sports Show? Uh, I was just checking out Blog Talk, you and ATL, so, of course, I had to call it. Had to call really it. Really Let's call it. But I don't know how y'all feeling. Say again, please. Said, I'm really worried about next year, but I don't know how you guys are feeling uh, right now about the following. Well, yeah, I mean, that that's what we were talking about earlier. I mean, uh, you have a situation where, um, you know, the good teams are looking to be great, and the great teams are looking to try to set up a dynasty. So if you look in the case of Philadelphia Eagles, uh, they are making moves to try to ensure that they can return to the Super Bowl again. Uh, if you look around the league, and it hasn't even started yet, but every team – is looking now to chase the Eagles, to some degree chase the Falcons, because the realities are as much as we, we are, we're unhappy with this team's play in the postseason the last two years, they, the two games they lost in their season was to the eventual, you know, world champions. Yeah. So we know that we have a good quality team. It's just a matter yeah. of can you find a way to put the pieces all together. Last year you had a top-10 defense, but your offense fell off the – off the charts. Yeah. The year before, you had one yeah. of the best offenses in NFL history, and your defense was mediocre. So now the question is, can you find a way now yeah, okay. to get hey. you the offense from 2016 <laughs> and get a defense from 2017? Because I'm going to tell you something, brother. If you got that, then you, you, you might have the first team uh, to host the Super Bowl in their home city. Sure. Man, that would be a beautiful thing. I hope it happens. I'm a little reluctant to buy in just because I, you know, have a few questions. Uh, if your OC is so shaky that you have to bring in a guy who you consider the offensive coordinator B or, you know, coaching expert B, <laughs> man, I got questions about Sark, man. So, well, we'll see, though. That, that's my question, correct. Mark, too. Well, I mean, at the Indeed. end of the day, I mean, you have to do what you got to do. The one, 
one thing about Arthur Blank is Arthur Blank is a guy that he's he, he rarely is vocal, but he is a guy that's intent, especially now when he's what he's seventy seventy two or seventy three. He wants the Super Bowl before he leaves this earth, bro. Yeah. So he knows like anybody else. But we're all on the clock. I mean, we all can leave here at any time. But you know, yeah. when you're in your 70s, you're closer to leaving than you are uh, <laughs> arriving. Yeah. So at the end of the day, he he wants to, he, that's real talk. I mean, you know, you ain't you know when Arthur Blank first owned this team. This was a guy, basically, he was only a few years younger than I am right now. He was a guy in his early to mid-50s. Uh, you know, he was a, you know, a lot of people know this guy was a, an athlete in, in college, in high school. He was a cross-country runner. He still was running, you know, four or five miles a day at that time. And uh, so you think it's all in front of you. You get a guy like Michael Vick in, you get a taste, and all of a sudden you get disappointment after disappointment after disappointment. These last five years have got to have killed him. Because he knows in these last five years he could have had at least two Super Bowl trophies sitting up there in Atlanta. 2012, yeah. that team, I don't know if they would have beat the, 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 the Ravens, but I think that team was good enough to do that. And certainly uh, two years ago, th- th- that was a fiasco. <laughs> so at yeah. the end of the day, this is what he, he wants to win. He wants to win now. So um, if it means, like he did with Dimitrov, where he pulled him aside and said, listen, I'm going to get some other GX GMs in here, and we're going to make this thing do what it do. Are you on board, yes or no? I think the same thing with Dan Quinn and with um and with uh, uh, the OC there. I said, listen, we're bringing another guy in to help you out. Sarkeesian, we love you, but the bottom line is we're going to win. Yeah. Okay, and this is how we're going to do We're going to bring another guy in here who has a feel for this game, another guy who's a quarterback guru, and we're going to get this guy in here, man, and see what we can do. Because you think about it, the, 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 the quarterback coach that we had when we scored all those points end up being the OC – for the Rams. People forget about that. But our quarterback coach was the OC for the Rams last year, and we saw what they did offensively, right? Just saying. So, at the end of the day, man, I just think that, that you know, it's a, it's a situation with Arthur Blank is he don't care about your ego, man. He's like, hey, I want to win a Super Bowl. And whatever I got to do, whatever other coaches you got to bring in, whatever kind of GMs or ex-GMs you got to bring in, do what you got to do to win. Case closed, end of story. Okay. That's it. Well, brother, listen, man, we're up against the uh, end of the block here. Um, now, do you do a show on Block Talk, too, that you want to tell people about? Because the mic is yours. No, no, not right now. Uh, just checking out right. other people's stuff, man. And good job by y'all, though. Listen, man, join us anytime. We're on here. We appreciate it. We are on on Thursday night. We actually broadcast uh, live at a venue here just outside of Atlanta, uh, the Holiday in Stockbridge. So uh, just keep uh, follow us. where You can follow us anywhere on social media at Real Talk Sports 7. And uh, keep an update because uh, who knows? We might be in your area. You might want to drop one in. Hey, that'll work, man. All right, y'all. Y'all be good, man. God bless yes, you. Sir. Appreciate it. Well, brother, that's a, that's about it. We ran actually a little bit over time. Uh, yeah, yeah. But that's okay. We appreciate that. Uh, final words, kind sir? Uh, once again, uh, first of all, I must give uh, thanks to my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And Amen. Thank you, Jonathan, for inviting me and having me on your show. WIGO fifteen seventy Atlanta's incredible radio. Incredible, we're incredible. Yes, sir. And um, just live, laugh, love, y'all, and uh, God bless Atlanta. God bless. All right, guys. Listen, we appreciate uh, Miles and uh, for being out here with us tonight, brothers, family out here, and, and uh, we appreciate the Holiday Inn for allowing us to set up here at the uh, Burger Theory uh, Restaurant and Sports Grill. And uh, we appreciate the one of you who have logged on to listen to us. Especially appreciate the guys on Block Talk Radio. Appreciate the guys on Facebook Live and on Periscope as well. So, again, uh, we thank God for each and every one of you. And, of course, before we sign off, we want to ask what we do each and every week. Do you know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior? 
If you don't, I'm going to tell you, please, ma'am, please, sir, get to know him because nobody, absolutely nobody loves you like Jesus. Uh, not your mom, not your grandmom, not even your auntie and them. Nobody loves you like him. And uh, he's the only way by which you can get in heaven after you're born again. But more importantly, it's the only way you can really have a life well lived because he said, I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. And what's, what's better than that? Everybody, remember, follow us anywhere on social media at Real Talk Sports, the number seven, to follow the show. You can follow me personally at Minister J-I-S-M, Minister J-Sim. And, again, that's on all social media platforms, Instagram and Twitter and Facebook. We also, of course, broadcast on live streaming video on Periscope and on Facebook. All right, guys, thank you so much. God bless you. Fantastic night, and we'll see you again real soon. Take care. Peace out.